Hey, how are you, Deepak? Hey, great. Nice to nice to see you, Lindy. Good to see you as well. Thank you so much for being on here today. And um, welcome. I'm in Boston. This is Deepak Seth, my guest, who is in, I'm assuming you're in Dallas right now, correct? Uh, yes, I'm in, based in Fort Worth, Fort Worth? Texas. Okay, yep. I'm sorry. I should say Fort Worth. I could get into a lot of trouble <laughs> for that. So, well, thank you so much for being on here. And um, I am super excited. The first time I heard you speak, you were talking with um, with Ryan um, Walt, uh, Ryan um, Harper over at Propelio. And I love his show. Actually, I met him through LinkedIn when we were asked to speak at a, um, a, a program that LinkedIn did for the real estate industry in Dallas uh, a couple of years ago, I guess. So, um, so welcome. I, I found your conversation with him really fascinating. Um, so for those of you that are joining us, let us know where you're from and um, and let us know any questions you might have for Deepak or for myself. We're really going to be talking a lot today about technology and innovation. Deepak is a business technology leader, an innovation leader um, in the business world. Um, and I love your insight onto technology and how that's changing things. And we also want to talk a little bit about um, the opportunities and the, um, the changes that I think COVID-19 is certainly going to usher in mm -hmm. um, and, and I think open doors for technology in ways that um, maybe we haven't even imagined. So, so Deepak, I think I've talked long enough. I really want to hear from you. Share with me a little bit about um, in our audience who you are and what you do. Okay, nice. Uh, thanks. Thanks, Lindy. First of all, uh, thanks for having me on this show. And uh, I like really appreciate your enthusiasm and passion for what you do. So that's what made me. And uh, a more uh, another important thing is the power of LinkedIn. So you saw something which I did with Ryan Harper, and now you decided to bring me on. So uh, that's that's wonderful indeed. So it it makes one thing that technology is working. What we are putting out there, people are watching and and paying attention to. Uh, so uh, basically, means I I've been working in the space of innovation and technology for many years now. Um, I like to think of myself as a as a visionary, as a futurist. In fact, that's a role which I occupy on one of the local bodies uh, on the organization uh, committee of. Or, uh, Association of Business Technology Professionals, the Dallas Fort Worth chapter. Uh, I am the visionary and futurist on their team. Uh, so basically, looking at trends, looking at uh, technologies, and trying to see what impact they can have on 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 business. Uh, what do businesses need to do uh, in order to uh, deliver value to their customers? And to do that, they need to stay up with the times. Uh, need to understand what technology can do and also what technology cannot do, and uh, be mindful of the disruptions which uh, which which may be coming. Uh, an interesting thing which comes to mind as I as I come to that few years ago, uh, Harvard Business Review had carried an article about how uh, disruptions means how disruptions happen and how they can. Uh, quickly upturn, um, bring about a change in the fortunes of companies. And then I had written a rejoinder to that, which was again published in the Harvard Business Review, where I was talking about disruption, uh, though it appears to be sudden, it, it is never sudden. It is, it, it is coming for a long time. And companies, if they want, companies, people, individuals, they can do a lot of things to be prepared for the disruption. Uh, so only if you're if you're not ready for the bus, then the bus will surprise you. Uh, but if you are ready, you can climb that bus and you can you can you can go places on it. So it is important that companies, people, uh, all keep their eyes out for what can be disruptors and keep thinking of how 
that disruptors rather than uh, bringing a downturn for them can lead to an uptick for them. Oh, and that's that's so important, I think. I think that's one of the things that I've really been talking to a lot of people about is to see that, look for the opportunity, right? Look for the silver lining. Mm -hmm. um, we've got a number of people on here. I want to give a shout to, we've got Brent Knapp from Fort Worth. He's in technology, correct? Is he somebody that you're connected with? Steve Lester, who's a real estate agent in Allen, Texas, serves the North Dallas area. Peter May in Philadelphia. I was actually on a phone call with him today, which was quite interesting. Um, he might be somebody that I can connect you with. Um, Scott Falbo in Buffalo. So welcome. Um, if you have read the introduction and if you know anything about Deepak, you know that this is going to be um, a rather lively conversation, I think, um, and not meant to be provocative at all. Mm -hmm. I don't need to have a Jerry Maguire moment. I am not looking to have a... Um, uh, a, a target on my on my forehead um, for the real estate world. I think it's just a matter of like just facing reality, right? Things were changing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I was I, just going to say the interesting thing was you had mentioned, and the reason that you really piqued my interest is an article you quoted from Economist back in February before all this happened. Yeah. So yeah, means uh, and and in full disclosure, means I am not I am not a, a real estate or a, a relocation guy at all. Uh, that is not my area of expertise. Lindy's uh, that is Lindy's area of expertise. I, I count uh, look at me as an outsider uh, as far as the world of real estate and relocation is concerned. But as a person who's who's got a keen interest in technology, has his eyes out for on what things are happening, and just sharing uh, informally, sharing some thoughts and views. So. Um, you can uh, some of it will be very sweet medicine and some of it could be bitter medicine but take it or leave it as you as you as you may wish lindy lost you you are on mute i think Sorry, thank you. You're a technology and innovation leader, and, um, and and we've got to look at the way the world is changing. I always equate it to when I talk to real estate agents in this business, would you want to own a Blockbuster franchise right now or have stock in Netflix? Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm kind of going for stock in Netflix, mm -hmm. but we also have a real interesting um, challenge going on in the real estate world in that we just have seen what the technology, these companies are betting on technology, Redfin, they just laid off 41% of their agents. Um, I buy that program has been suspended. They can't keep it up now. You've got consumers now that are really at their equity and one protected more. And now we are doing remote closings. I did a remote closing a couple of weeks ago. I've got another client that I'm going to be hopping on a call with next that's wanting to buy something remotely. Um, I can do everything right here, right? I, and, and I can even do it in Boston, um, even though I'm only licensed in real, in real estate in Dallas. But there's certain things that I can do with the consumer because they've got everything they need in the palm of their hand. Right. Yeah. Um, it's really changing the, the the whole structure of it, um, and I hope it will get to where agents get paid for everything they do. I think that's been one of the biggest challenges in the industry is that agents a lot of times work for free, or they get overpaid, make up for the times they're underpaid, or for those um, broker fees and for referral fees sometimes aren't in line with the services. So I really think. Um, we're going to see what technology, you know, really can bring to the table. So, so, so even means uh, when I'm talking about non, uh, non uh, other than uh, real estate, I means there are a few. There are some big technological trends happening. Um, one big one is what I call, and what the others have also called, Uberification. 
means everything uh, trying to go on the on the Uber model, whereas uh, where there are independent service providers, there's a platform. Uh, people use the services of the platform. The rates can vary depending upon upon supply and demand. Um, the the key part that a platform is doing is one it is it is putting the supply and demand together at the time at which it is needed and second is it is providing a trust a layer of trust because uh, the assumption is like people would be wary of getting into a uh, into any random car but if it's a uber or a lyft car you know that the company has vetted the drivers and stuff like that so it is providing that layer of uh, layer of trust so so it is it is providing convenience it is providing trust and it is providing a mechanism of interaction and the rates are uh, rates are variable according to demand and supply. Uh, so this is a model which many other sectors are trying to replicate because now the framework exists, the technology framework exists, and you can think of many different businesses where the same model, the same Uberification can happen. So it it would be an interesting point to think whether Uberification could be something which could come to the real estate uh, uh, world too, where it is you know what. Uh, there is a bouquet of services, a buffet of services on order, and you you pick and choose what you want at what point of time. And there are rates, and there are people people who can provide those services. And uh, this platform is uh, providing now. This platform can be run by an existing body, by your existing association, or whatever. So that that level of trust it is it is still uh, providing that the people on the platform are vetted and have meet minimum standards. But then the Meet matching of the demand and supply is is done real time uh, using using those tools, uh, because one other thing which it does it, it does is that uh, many times I think the consumer and I was talking with Lindy uh, Lindy also you you, do, you don't need for looking at a particular house at a particular time you don't need that one specific realtor to be there because uh, most of the times if it's a large metro and it's in an area different from where they operate. Uh, they are not providing any any uh, useful value other than just uh, opening the door and letting you in kind of thing. Um, so the Uber Uberification is 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 one trend. Uh, Lindy, you got a question here? Um, well, here I'm going to give a shout out to everybody that's on here. Um, we've got Matt Kern, who is a, an inspector, a home inspector in Dallas. Um, Bill Wendell. Bill, Bill is somebody that you would be interested. He he speaks way over my head. He's a tech guy. He's an MIT guy in Harvard. Um, you should connect with him and talk. He has a lot of really interesting perspective on the real estate industry mm -hmm. um, and how it should be. And he's been banging his bum this drum for 20 years. Um, I think it's really taking going to take the consumer. Um, feeling like they have a voice, which is really one of the things that I'm really trying to do is help the consumer's voice be heard. Um, I've, I was getting ready to do a man on the street interview, interviewing people to just get them to share um, their frustrations because I think the industry needs to hear about it um, and, and, and work to solve it, right? That's what any business does. We look at the consumer um, and the challenge when you talk about Uberification, we have changed. The consumer has changed, right? We've got everything in the palm of our hand. We shop differently. Um, we're looking at houses differently. We have a lot of information. We need really somebody that can open the door and somebody that can decide decipher that information but agents by and far I think are spending a lot less time on the actual day-to-day -day work of working with the client they're they're more lead generating and and looking for the next clients um, and um, and working to keep the broker afloat mm -hmm. um, I mean I hate to say it but um, there are just some real challenges for real estate agents so again I'm not anti-agent I'm very pro-agent 
um, but I'm really pro-agent and working smarter. And I'm sorry it's so loud in here. I told him I was going to be doing this, but I'm in the lobby of, a, of where we live. So um, let me give a few more shouts out. Um, Charles is here. Hey, Charles. Um, Amy Jacobs is an agent on, and focuses on relocation. Wendy Gilch is on here. She has a platform called Selling Later. If you're a real estate agent on here, Matt Kern, she's somebody you want to connect with. Right now, when people are worried about putting their home on the market and they're worried about days counting against them, Wendy's platform allows you to put your home on the market without it being an MLS and to let your neighbors know, let other agents know that your home is available for sale or maybe it's going to be on the market in January um, in July. But now I can go ahead and find it and um, it's not going to count against my days on the market if I'm the seller and I can go ahead and let people know that my house with the pool and five bedrooms is going to be for sale in July so that that relocation buyer especially can go ahead and look and see what's coming up. Does that make mm -hmm. sense? I think it's yeah. a brilliant platform. Um, so welcome everybody. Appreciate it. Please continue to let us know. Chris Roberts, welcome. Thanks for being here. Feel free to comment below and just let us know where you're from. It's always fun to see where people are listening in from. Um, but yeah, I think it's um, yeah, there's some, there's some interesting issues with it. I think you just still have um, big business and corporate involved in it. You've got these conglomerates. I mean, Realogy, which has been actually under fire with a class action lawsuit, so owns a lot of the brokerages. And so there's this real tug and pull between being able to deliver what the consumer wants and being able to evolve with technology versus the realization that we can't operate the way we've always operated if we change our model, because it's, it's just fundamentally the two don't go together. Yeah, I mean, uh, so this is an interesting dilemma which has been faced in many different sectors at at, at various points of time. And I think in a, in some context, you had used the word tipping point earlier. So at, at a particular stage in the evolution of any technology or interaction between technology and consumers, you hit the you hit that particular point where where things start uh, start changing. Um, so maybe maybe the time is is ripe for that now. Maybe things like COVID uh, will bring about uh, bring about changes. Um, I spent a lot of. Can I say something yeah. real quick? Bill Wendell um, said he said one in three agents has less than two years of experience. Um, do you really want to trust them during this epidemic? Um, I was talking to some other guys this morning um, about um, some things that they're doing for investors, um, and the bad information that can be given by real estate agents sometimes can be crippling to a consumer. And um, and that's one of the things. And that's I think I've got sounds my thing. I received five phone calls last week from brokerages asking me to come and join them. They don't know anything about me they're not vetting the agents it's not really fair to all these agents that have lost all their work why are they recruiting why are these why are these brokerages recruiting more agents why are they not making sure that the agents that they have are successful mm -hmm. right? so um, another person on here is Michael Walsh he is in Toronto he's an agent that works exclusively with buyers that's another challenge that I see is that um, a lot of times the consumer doesn't know the questions to ask they don't understand how commissions work they don't understand referral fees they don't understand that the listing agent is actually working for the seller they're working for the broker um, that can be a real conflict of interest and again it's one of the things that is under fire in the courts right now that they're working to, to make some changes with but um, again it's just, you've got to know what you don't know you have to know the questions to ask yeah absolutely and so well, welcome everybody who's on the calls nice to see so many people people joining joining the conversation that's that's wonderful indeed um, so uh, means uh, we spoke about one trend which was the which was uberification uber uber brought it about and, and the point uh, i was leading up uh, was going into was um, the tipping point and the point around uh, 
so many times means i lived in rochester new york for many many years and as you know it's it's the place where kodak kodak is was uh, and kodak invented digital photography but everyone knows what what happened to it um, because they were so stuck on film and they couldn't couldn't move move past it now in this world in the in the world of real estate and realtors i am seeing like lindy and you and others maybe are are trying to stay ahead of the curve uh, maybe the larger body is not there yet I and mean, it will it will um, uh, see the um, see what's coming ahead and and morph accordingly or it may fall by the wayside both both the things can happen so kodak the la latter happened it it fell by the wayside and there are other companies which which have continued to evolve as as things changed and have managed to stay uh, ahead of the curve now we i spoke about uberification the other interesting trend I means a broader techn technological trend again driven by the name of a corporate could be amazonification which is uh, uh, how how the customer expects everything to be very easy uh, means it is it is not i mean you, you the consumer as a customer i myself as a consumer i just want to be able to click one or it's like the staples easy button you call it amazonification call it staplification or whatever you, you just want to press a press a single red button and uh, it it should be by now or uh, or I mean get get stuff done and this can link up to the earlier point you were you were making about uh, in consumers not having information about many different things uh, maybe uh, some easy buttons are needed which gives give them those information um, either gratis or at, at at some charge or some mechanism evolves by which that those information can be uh, can can be shared I means an important component of this is because uh, right now i think this entire experience which uh, the the real estate transaction is taken as a one single experience and a blanket price has been applied to it like the six percent or three percent buyer three percent seller all that agent kind of thing uh, but what constitutes that basket of services uh, means at some point of time sooner or later means that basket will need to get broken down it's in its individual components and those components would need to get priced separately um, because uh, many of those many of the things which are driven by technology the prices have fallen so even the work involved in in getting a and b to meet each other uh, may have been phenomenal earlier on in early, in the early days and so a high uh, value could have been ascribed to it but in these days when I, all the information is available on the internet means it's 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 a low cost transaction so why why should the same premium be charged for that activity when it is no longer such a high cost activity so those uh, streamlining of those costs uh, so one is the streamlining of the costs and the repricing of the bundle may need to happen uh, second is the services which made make up that bundle can be offered discreetly rather than okay you have to take the full bundle uh, maybe i don't want the full bundle i want only a b and x and y from it yeah and the challenge too is i used to work for a full service brokerage where i paid i started out paying 40 percent commission splits to them and i was very limited i couldn't list a house unless i listed it at six percent and that's not against the rules that a brokerage can set the listing agreement or listing commissions um, but the industry as a whole cannot set it so there was no problem legally with them doing that but it did keep me from being able to tailor my services tailor the commissions that I accepted on the services I provided so when I left that company I went to a company and there are more and more of these brokerages that are popping up where I only paid five thousand a year 
well, that's very different than what I was paying at this other company because not only was I only paying 5000 a year, at the other company I was paying $200 in desk fees just to be there every month. This other company, no bells and whistles, but I really had everything I needed to serve my, my clients. Um, one of the things that I would do when I listed a home is I would give them a list of things that I wanted them to do. I would, and I would knock my price down by one or even one and a half percent if they would do those things. Um, for example, one of the last ones, I said, listen, we'll take $8,000 off the listing price, if you will. And I named the things I needed them to do. I needed them to board the dog because I didn't want to have to show a house with a dog and if it smelled like dog. I need you to replace this carpet, paint the garage floor, paint the kitchen cabinets. And um, it, you do that. And then for every dollar you spend, I'm going to reduce the fees. Um, the challenge, though, can also be with the buy side. You have, and I wrote an article on Blockbuster Netflix kind of describing it to that when I was a fairly new agent. And I would be so frustrated because I was a very active marketer in marketing my properties. And often the buyer would find me and they didn't have an agent because, again, they have everything in the palm of their hand, right? They didn't mm -hmm. have an agent. They would find me and they would then go find an agent. So they've just been looking, going to open houses, looking at Zillow, calling random agents that would show them a house and then they would never call that agent again. So that agent never got paid. But then they would find the house that they wanted to buy, which in this case was me. Mm -hmm. And the, the offer was 3% and, and two of these happened in the same month. One was an $18,000 um, fee going to the buyer's agent. Another one was the $26,000 fee going to the buyer's agent. That was just how it was listed in MLS with 3%, which is mm. pretty typical and also under fire right now. But the agent never showed them the home. I, they found the home with me. They had never shown them home. Mm -hmm. So they basically got paid $24,000 to fight my seller on the price of their home, to fight for repairs, and to write a contract. Right? About 10 hours of work. Mm -hmm. When you're getting paid more to fill out a promulgated form and then to fight the seller who's paying you the fee to get a lower price for your house, something's mm -hmm. wrong. Right? Yep. That seller mm -hmm. would have been better off coming directly to me and saying, all right, listen, the real estate would be 3%. Let's just knock off 3%. I'm not going to use an agent. I'm going to waive right to representation. The challenge with that is so many brokers would never let you do that. Mm -hmm. they, they listed it at 6%. They're going to collect their 6%. And, and, and clients don't know that. And that's why a lot of times clients would come to me and they say, we don't want an agent. And they didn't understand how it worked. Um, and that's where I go back to the consumer has to know what they don't know. And agents have got to stand up for themselves and refuse to work for free. And in fact, Bill, his own here, has a fee-for-service model, which I think is a brilliant model, right? Pay me for the time that I spend. Pay me for my expertise, right? Mm -hmm. And um, and tailor your services, just like you said. Means uh, in in the Uber, Uber model, means in addition to other things, means you could have ratings and stuff also. Means so uh, people could weigh that price along with, with your quality rating or whatever parameters you have been rated on in, in, in the past. So people can get a... Uh, so there could be a score or something. Lindy, again, you are on mute, I think. Yeah. I was going to say, don't even get me started on ratings because that's another problem we have in the industry. Mm -hmm. There is no, and every agent on here, and you all know it, that's on here, you all know bad agents. You know agents that are not working for their consumer, mm -hmm. but we can't say anything. I had an agent that did this with me in Dallas several times, and I couldn't report her because what if my client was wanting to buy her next listing or what if she had the buyer for my next listing? So I just, I really couldn't say anything. 
Um, and, and that's not right. And then you've got companies like, um, I think it's Homelight, that rates them. You can go on and you can pick the right agent. They promise that. But they're taking like a 35% referral fee. So mm -hmm. you just took money out of the, away from the agent for using a job matching site. Call me. I'll do it for 500 bucks, And then mm -hmm. you take the referral fee, right? I mean, mm -hmm. to me, that makes us a lot of sense. Yep. You know, let me make a connection for you. Pay me a fee for the time. Just spend an hour on the phone. What's that worth to you? And then let's get you the referral fee. If that makes yep. more sense. Um, mm -hmm. I've actually talked to, um, there's a gentleman in Dallas. I don't know if you've met um, Willie Baronet. He's a SMU professor at, um, at SMU, but he also created the documentary Signs of Humanity for Homelessness. Mm -hmm. um, and you've got Sherry Garcia with Cornbread Hustle. You've got so many great causes there in Dallas. What if some of these billions of dollars being wasted on commissions were spent to actually alleviate some of the problems we have in society that are costing us as taxpayers millions of dollars? Um, which, again, is one of the things that really attracted me to you. And I heard those statistics you said, and if you've mm. got them off the top of your head, I'd love to hear them again. The money that is spent on commissions in the real estate industry, to me, um, for the value that the consumer is getting and for what agents are paid, somewhere between thirty to $50,000 a year, that's the average. Mm -hmm. um, agents aren't making a lot of money at this. They're struggling. Yeah, me, 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 those stat, stats came from the Economist article, but I can repeat them again. I don't have them top of my head, but I've got them noted down here so I can... Okay. I can yeah. I, I, I actually linked the article in yeah. the above. If anybody wants to hear more and, and know that Deepak is not making up these statistics, yeah. Yeah. but I think it puts it in perspective. And we can do better than this, but we're going to have to do better when this is over. Yeah, it means the value of residential properties sold in the US uh, in 2019 was 34 trillion. The total value of residential properties is 34 trillion. Um, retail and commercial is 16 trillion. So it's like $50 trillion. And that is more than the market capitalization of all listed companies. 7% uh, home change hands every year. Uh, home make owners traded property of $1.5 trillion in 2019, paying $75 billion in commission. Stocks of $40 trillion were traded every year, uh, but the fees paid is only $10 billion. So it is $1.5 trillion of real estate and uh, $75 billion in commission. And 40 trillion of uh, stocks, but uh, uh, just uh, fees of uh, 10 billion dollars. So, just uh, compared to real estate, means in, in stocks and all, it is it is much much less. Um, so this is I mean these these are the kind uh, kind of uh, kind of big numbers. But the, still, the um, I buyers the I, the property tech related sales are still small. Only 60,000 homes worth 8.9 billion dollar. Uh, which is just 0.5% of all, all all transactions. So a lot of a uh, lot of work needs to happen. So the tipping tipping point which you were you were mentioning about means uh, so this the, the 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 dollar amounts are so huge. Uh, so there is a lot of interest. I'm guessing there would be a lot of interest in maintaining the status quo, and uh, that would mean that there's a lot of money being channeled to to people who can help maintain the status quo. So must be must be lobbies and uh, means a uh, uh, lot of uh, political influence and all will be will, would, would, would be at play. Now, uh, what brings about change means like the the taxi companies didn't go out and create Uber. So since till Uber came along and Lyft came along means the taxi the taxi unions or the taxi associations are not not created uh, Uber. Uh, similar nexus exists in the auto dealership sector where nothing uh, uh, disruptive change has not come about yet because it is a well uh, well entrenched and uh, 
well linked into the political process kind of uh, kind of system there too but then an elon elon musk can come about and create a whole tesla and then try to create a mechanism where cars can be shipped directly to the house uh, kind of thing and in used car sales means we see disrup disruptions happening where the uh, dealer is getting bypassed and uh, stuff is happening on um, online but it takes it takes time to build that critical mass where it can disrupt the status quo so either either a newcomer will come and disrupt the status quo or or the preferred method could be that the existing association of means the realtors themselves come to a conclusion that you know what this gravy train has gone along too long but we still want to ride it but let's keep controlling the engine but in a different kind of way it's modify the way they work and change kind of thing so right. and i don't know don't know the intricacies of the system but this is this is what i'm guessing well, is going on the intricacies are interesting i think that and that was one of the things that hit me i attended inman connect in new york city and one of the things that really hit me while i was there was there was so much talk about disruption technology but it was really geared towards the real estate agents it mm. wasn't geared towards the consumer it was geared towards how do we attract more agents how do we create more technology that's not disruption to me. It's like taxi getting new taxis. Mm -hmm. That didn't change. You got a nice, you've got nicer taxis. Mm -hmm. I can pay now with my 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 card and the taxi. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't disrupt the ride service. Uber, Lyft, they disrupted it. They changed it. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that it's going towards the gig economy. I think real estate will go towards it. My buyer is suspended. That didn't work out, or it's not going to work out during this. Um, I, as a consumer, as somebody who's relocated a number of times, I need the human element. Um, there's a guy named Bobby that's created a new tech form called um, Ask DOS. It's a brilliant platform. It's especially going to be great for people that are looking to buy something across town. They're doing all the work. They just need somebody to write the contract. He also sees it going to maybe you don't have listing agents for properties. Um, in fact, Wendy Gilt, I did see her comment. She said that those commission numbers that you gave a while ago were staggering. And they really are. They're staggering. It really puts it in perspective. And you see how much waste there is and how much of that money is being used to support an industry that doesn't work anymore. Again, it would be like trying to maintain Blockbuster in your small town um, instead of understanding that, that Netflix is going to provide a better experience, it's going to be less money, and that that manager of Blockbuster, he's going to survive. He's just going to need to buy some Netflix stocks or find some different ways to operate. Mm -hmm. um, and, I mean, everything changes, right? What's dangerous is not to evolve, as Bezos says. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think that's, you know, I think the disruption is going to come from the consumer demanding it. Um, I think the disruption is going to come from knowledge. from, And I think it's going to come from the real estate agents. Honestly, I think we as real estate agents to a large degree are to blame for not standing up and going, why am I still paying 40% to a broker? I read a while ago, um, let me see if I can find the statistics. Um, one of the big brokerages paid out 112,000 referrals, which means basically I'm a I'm an agent at XYZ in Dallas, and I call just a random agent that's in that same network in New York, and I say, hey, will you um, take care of this client and send me a 30%, 25% referral fee? And of course they go, yes, absolutely, I will. And then I get a $10,000 check in the mail. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Who paid for that? The, the, mm -hmm. the seller paid for it. The seller's equity paid for that. Mm -hmm. I, 
I don't want to be, I'm, I'm, I'm very free marketplace. I'm very much of a, um, you know, a, a free economy, but I think it just has to make sense. I have to be able to justify the value that I've added with the paycheck mm -hmm. that I get at the end of the day. But, um, but you know, I was going to finish that statistic, 112,000 at the cost of 36 billion. That was just one company. Mm -hmm. That was just one company. Um, wow. You know, that yeah, means you, um, you, yeah. I mean, you, you, you bring up a great point, means in the sense that uh, uh, the inward focused disruption versus con cus consumer focused, customer focused one means that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a great way, great way to put it because the, the first one means it will generate efficiencies for yourself. And it is, it is like, okay, you, what does it get the, get, get the, get the consumers. Uh, so I, I, we looked at two, two trends. We were talking about, um, uh, Uberification. We talked about Amazonification or staples, uh, easy button kind of thing. The third uh, in interesting thing, which I can see playing out, especially in the post-COVID scenario, is means a um, lot of actual visits to places and things are are not going to happen. Means you 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 just you just can't uh, go out and see things the way you used to. Uh, but the still the the need to do that would would still be there. And that's where again technology can can step in. Means I'm I'm thinking that virtual reality can play a play an uh, uh, increasing increasing uh, role in that. Uh, means I was reading up somewhere about a company which is which was offering. Uh, you know what? Uh, you can't travel to the Everest, but you can sign up for a virtual reality uh, tour where an actual climber is climbing Everest, and then you you enjoy the journey. You put the headset on, and you enjoy. Yeah, yeah. I think we connected with Ved the other day with Flip Spaces, yeah. and he they've got a great technology. I know we talked about the virtual reality classes. Mm. I think sellers now that they see that you can actually just tour my home without me having to pack up my children and put them in the car and drive away, and the seller may or may not, I mean, the buyer may or may not show up. I, you know, I think sellers need that option, right? Mm -hmm. To mm -hmm. be able to let people virtually explore their homes, see their neighborhood. Um, and, and, and have some kind of the other big challenges is that agents are so, um, they're, they're so struggling to get that next client. They'll go show a client anything, anytime, anywhere without having any documentation, without having um, completely, sh I'm sure that that person is going to be able to qualify for that loan. There is no checks and balances um, to make sure that that buyer that's coming into your house is actually mm -hmm. even ready to buy. Mm -hmm. I have a lot of people that are just looking, right? They're tired kicking. And again, I just sold my house. I've sold, uh, I've sold, moved a dozen times. Um, and, and usually with babies and toddlers at home, that's a lot of work for somebody. So mm -hmm. now that we've got this capability, we need to be using it more. We have a lot of capabilities like that that we should be using more. I think the challenge has been um, how do we, we can't, then we really can't justify the commissions we're, we're charging. Mm -hmm. No, I mean, this word, these words, uh, because this, this can take it, these if 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 one decides to use these technologies means that can be a pretext for keeping keeping the uh, commissions also if this high value can be provided because right now what happens is even when somebody is actually physically and going and looking at a property you're doing that at a particular point of time uh, but there are certain other things you want to see what it looks at uh, like at different points of time you may want to look at what does the walk from there to the school feel like what does a drive from there to the grocery store feel like? It means a lot of other things which we we are not even thinking of right now. But if you have got everything on a virtual platform, means you 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 
put that virtual headset on, you've got these scenarios built in, and you say, you know what, this is what this looks like at 6 p.m., this is what it looks like 6 a.m., um, this is uh, uh, what the bus stop looks like where the kids are picked up uh, picked up for school, means all the kinds of other things which, which, which a consumer may be interested in, or a smart uh, technology company or realtor company can start making the cons consumers interested in you know what this is this is the high this is what it looks like when the grass is unkempt this is what it looks like when the grass has been mowed you can have like so many different uh, uh, scenarios play out in this in, in in once you once you've got those virtual uh, reality headsets on because I, I visualize a scenario where uh, where when when you decide to to get into the buying process means that the, if you sign up with a realtor, you find that two virtual reality headsets are delivered at, at, at your doorstep. Uh, either it is, uh, and then you put them on, you, you, you put your parameters in, you can look at various properties through those virtual headsets. And when you are done with the transaction, either you return them back, or if you have done the uh, actually signed a deal, then then they are yours to keep kind of kind of models. Perfect. So, you can yeah. give to that mad seventeen year old angry at you for yeah. moving. Yeah. A great headset. We're moving you to Boston, but you get a headset. So, yes. um, so and, and there's a lot of implications in the relocation industry for that. The companies mm. pay a lot of money for you to go do what they call a look see trip, and and so you might go somewhere for four or five days. You go and you have to go when you have kids during the spring break season, right? Mm -hmm. And um, she might not be moving until July or August. But you only have that one week to go look at houses. And the house that you want to buy may or not even be on the market yet or not, which is, again, why home selling later is a great platform. But um, but it's a, a big expense for the company to fly you over and everything. And, and, and you can but you could kind of eliminate and narrow it down. You might still fly over, but you might fly over for two days as opposed to five if you had able to explore South Lake and Fort Worth and Frisco virtually and be able to explore homes and so i could see what a five hundred thousand dollar home looks like in frisco versus a five hundred thousand dollar in in um in um fort worth and a non-existent five hundred thousand dollar home in dallas right mm -hmm. um, but you could kind of go ahead and get an idea of where you're going to live and what those areas are like virtually mm -hmm. um, and save everybody a lot of time and again agents will say that's going to be one of their biggest you know expenses of time it's just showing homes on weekends and nights and um, with people that don't, you know, they don't know where they want to live and they're just, it's just, it's one of the things that we do to justify those commissions, but um, it's an inefficient use of our time. Mm -hmm. Miss, other, other things, means there's another aspect of technology. There's, an, um, there's a line of work, uh, not, not related to real estate, but in other, other technology, they call enterprise, it's called persuasion technology. So basically what it does is it is, uh, creating nudges and gamification kind of things to drive uh, performance. So uh, it is essentially used for frontline staff and others kind of things. So you know what, um, you are a burger flipper at McDonald's and you did a particular target and you may get a reward or something like that, or, a, or, a, or either you're falling short of targets, it will notify you, or it can say that, oh, you, you, you've done a great job. It knows what uh, what is the motivator for different kind of people. So some some would be motivated by absolute numbers you did 20 yesterday you need to do 25 today kind of thing some would be motivated by oh you are number one uh, number two today you can be number one so based on whatever the personality types are these are there are these individualized nudges which which drive a certain behavior now 
if we if we bring aspects of uh, virtual uh, reality and other things in i mean this nudge or persuasion technologies can also be built into it you said you know what of all the people who started looking at houses when you did x percent have already made a made a purchase i mean that could that could be a motivator maybe yes maybe no means i'm just thinking of these things as we uh, as we go that or is that, that, could get, that could get the uh, the housewife or the or the husband that is uh, that likes to look a lot and then the other one that's like, <laughs> you know, like quick decision maker you know, yeah. every couple has that one one that just wants to make a quick decision and the other yeah. one that needs to that can create a lot of problems. Yeah, I know. I'm just <laughs> so. According to the according it's, to the there was just one example, but there could be a means. Yes, uh, uh, yeah, well, Wendy asked a question. She said, "Does it weed out homes they realize they don't want, um, and or is this? Do you think people buy properties without going to see it? Well, I've sold properties without people actually physically going to it. They and actually it was one of the one of the times I did it was one of the worst experiences of my life. She was thrilled with it, but it was a, um, it was an interesting property. And I kept telling her, you know, it's basically a mobile home on a lake, right? She kept saying, yeah, I know. But I just knew she was going to show up from Seattle and go, oh, my God, it's a mobile home. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. uh, but the lake property, it was, it, was, um, it was valuable because it was lake property. But, um, mm -hmm. but you know, yes, so people will buy stuff with sight unseen. But I think more of anything, it's a weeding out process. It just, it's an efficient use of my time. When I was moving from Germany to Dallas, if I had been able to virtually tour homes, and so when I got here, I knew that I wanted to live in a certain area, and so I wasn't having to go to Frisco, to Fort Worth, to Colleyville, to Dallas, right? A lot of tour Dallas the size of Connecticut. So virtual reality would allow people to kind of narrow it down or to, you know, really get an idea of the neighborhoods, the areas, um, and um, and just to narrow that search and to, and to spend their time. Because, again, when you're relocating, sometimes you only do have three days. Mm -hmm. And Dallas is a lot of territory to, to cover in three days. So, um, yeah, so, Wendy, I hope that mm -hmm. answered your question. Mm -hmm. uh, means, uh, and continuing on the on the, on the the same trend, means that in, in, in addition to the 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 typical broker's role in the in the in the sales process I mean there are other associated processes like mortgage and others which which play a key role uh, so i know scott falbo uh, who's out of buffalo he's joined the call so he's a par he's he's a he's a smart guy he's set up his own company called lender logics uh, so mm -hmm. basically what this does is it 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 streamlines the mortgage process i don't know the exact details of it but i, I would strongly encourage for people to go and check it out uh, what it does is it uh, it helps uh, streamline the process of application for applying for the loans and stuff, and so that it cuts down the time involved in involved in that. So that could be a uh, another place where technology is uh, is playing playing a role. And yeah, uh, and, um, and I think uh, I think um, I think for me the biggest thing with and I'm not I mean I know mortgage understand mortgage side i don't think they have some of the same problems with oversight they're like us and that they have a lot of lenders out there that are fighting mm. for the customers i mean i often use the statistic that nar uses that there's two million real estate agents in the u.s and about five million transactions last year mm -hmm. numbers don't work out real well i was also i just read something about um uh, one of the big brokerages they have 112,000 transactions they had 15,000 agents which works out to about eight transactions per agent. There's another huge company here that's about the same. It works out to 6.2 transactions per agent. Agents aren't, um, they're kind of the pawn in all of this. Mm -hmm. I think they're the ones that are getting um, cheated. And, and you do have, you know, I'm waiting for that 
brokerage model. Maybe it will be ASDOS. Maybe it will be somebody else that really comes out and is pro-agent and pro-consumer. Um, I think it's, you know, we've got to find that solution. I don't have the solution. I wish I did. I'd be a, a you know, multimillionaire now. Um, maybe <laughs> you and I can talk because I do have some ideas for, I have ideas of how I would like it to work as a consumer, right, mm -hmm. to make it for me. Um, I don't want to work with one agent. I, I don't. Mm. What if I don't like them? What if I'm, I'm in, like when I moved to Boston, I was given an agent that specialized in residential. We're renting for a year and then we're going to buy a condo. I needed somebody that really specialized and knew the apartment market, the high-rise market, and knows the condo market. That's who I need. I don't need a residential agent that sells stuff in Waltham. That's mm -hmm. two very different things. Um, when I moved to Dallas, I really needed an agent in Frisco one day. I needed an agent in Fort Worth the next day. Right? Yep. Um, you know, and agents, that's one of their biggest frustrations. I would love to solve that for agents. So you never work with a client without getting paid. Right? Mm -hmm. You don't go to a lawyer. You'll never go to a lawyer and not get paid, right? I mean, a lawyer's going to charge you. If you make a mm -hmm. phone call, you're going to get charged. Why are we not as agents, as real estate agents, you know, being more um, valuing our time more? And so I think it's really interesting. I think it's really going to weed out the, the, the agents that don't have to work. Means even the law industry has got disrupted greatly by by technology. Means like yeah. lot lot of the basic cookie cutter work is all means asklaw.com or whatever means uh, whatever other sites are there wills and um, registrations and deeds and all that kind of stuff. People are are people are just doing uh, just doing online. Um, yeah. So means yeah. those 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 di disruptions have come there to see so they will come in almost almost every every sector means this so what would your um we were talking about let's go back to our original question our original point is that COVID is going to change everything this is going to change or change a lot of things i should say um we don't need to be panicked about it if you're in the real estate industry if you're in the lending industry if you are um someone um like the uh, in any part of the real estate industry we don't need to be panicked we need to look for opportunity um have you ever read the book originals or bold Bold by, um, make it this backwards, Adam Grant is, no. okay, um, two great books. Uh, and I would highly suggest anybody here in real estate agents in particular to read those two books. But what would be your advice as somebody that's an innovator and in, in technology for anybody to survive this? So it's interesting. So I was I was on a, on a phone call with a bunch of friends in, um, in India. And so uh, uh, all business leaders and those, so the stuff, the same similar conversations were going on there too. And they were talking about, you know what, um, now with so much work from home becoming such a big, big reality means a lot of the big companies who have like hundreds of thousands of people means all the back office work gets done there. They have huge office towers and all, uh, maybe 30%, 30% is the number which they came up with. Maybe 30% of those uh, space may not no longer be needed as, as they decide more and more employees can, uh, can, can work from home. Um, but another one brought an interesting point. He said, you know what, these days people are working from home, but the efficiency of our coders and developers has, go has gone down um, because a lot of work when people are co-located, when they're at the same place, means a lot of the people assume that coding and development work is like every individual to himself. Um, but actually, I mean, there's a lot of teamwork going on, people helping each other and all that stuff, uh, which uh, which the online, which the work from home model is, has not reached that maturity yet where it can be done to the to the full extent possible so what the exact impact on uh, on the on the 
commercial say real estate would be means would one would have to wait and see means obviously the whole decline in the economies of the world per se would have an impact because means that there's not there's nothing happening means oil oil has reached negative prices people the companies are willing to pay buyers to take oil off them uh, that has never happened <laughs> happened happened before uh, so uh, it's a it's a it's a, it's a weird situation to be in but this is the time um, means um, i think i had a, had a slide somewhere and i'll just I, i'm not sharing it but i'll just pull it up here for myself for a second uh, just give me one second so i um, mean when we are talking about covid and i said we can fight covid with covid and what i meant was with that was the c was for crisis management collaboration tools communications plan uh, so like any other sector means these these are things which the uh, real estate sector would also that's the immediate focus means how do you deal with the crisis how can people who work remotely means that that's all part of this the c thing the o is for organizational stability and operational excellence right now the focus is on organizational stability how how do you keep the organization stable uh, how do, do you ensure that it does not keel over kind of thing so that's the that's the o and the v is for the vision like what what do we need to do for the post corona world what would the future of the world work going to be what are the emerging technologies so that is what we are talking about right now the the v the vision for the post corona world the i is the innovation the innovation for resilience because whatever model come the technology world comes up with the real estate world comes comes up with means it needs to be very very resilient because this is something which can happen again uh, it's not the first time it has happened it happened 100 years ago but it has happened again and it can happen again in 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 more uh, a uh, uh, shorter time frame and the d part was the disaster recovery business continuity disruption readiness so you have to be ready for uh, disruption so once again fighting covid with covid uh, c being crisis collaboration communication o being operational excellence organizational stability v being vision for the post corona world i is innovation for resilience and d is uh, disaster recovery and and disruption readiness I love it. I would love for you to send me that slide. Yeah, yeah. Um, that that's, that is a, a LinkedIn post right there, Deepak. You need to make that a. It post. is. It is. It. I think I, I. I had shared it on 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 LinkedIn LinkedIn earlier. Yeah. So this is. I mean, this is. This is what. Yeah. People just just giving a focus on what people need to do, and then. Uh, what i also suggest in that is means get into a, a 30 60 90 1 20 day planning kind of exercise uh, with. Uh, Uh, so the 30 days the focus would have been on uh, just just ensuring that things keep uh, things keep working uh, kind of thing so that was the that was the 30 day focus uh, just give me one second again <laughs> so 0 to 30 days was just the initial response and you you everybody was trying to figure out work from home and others the 30 to 60 days was stabilization and scale up and down as needed so most companies decided to scale down we all know about that a lot of employees for load and all that bad stuff good stuff uh, 60 to 90 days companies will start to need evaluating alternatives for the new post covid 19 covid 19 paradigm and then 90 to 120 days which will start hitting soon i am guessing means it will be business resumption in a new normal so 
as we work these 30, 60, 90, 120 day plans, means we have to do a lot of what if scenarios and also plan B's. Means if this, what would happen if this happens? What if would happen if this does not happen kind of things? And if this happens uh, or if this does not happen, what is my plan B? What, what, what could I be doing? So this is something which, uh, which everybody needs to be needs to be focused on, iris irrespective of what uh, what sector one is uh, one is operating in. Yeah, no, that's great. Mm. That's really helpful. Yeah, I think I think uh, this time is going to define us and mm. define you know, who's going to evolve and um, you know and, and change, especially in the real estate industry. There are going to be people that evolve and they're going to stay and they're going to continue to have great careers in it. But you're going to have to rethink it. Um, or it's a time I'm going to be talking to Scott Simpson of Video Marketing World tomorrow um, to talk about ways that real estate agents, people in the real estate industry, whether you're a lender or somebody like Matt Kearns, who does a really great job marketing. Um, he's an inspector uh, or somebody like Roger Wakefield, who's in plumbing. What are some ways that you can innovatively use video and marketing to whether you stay in the industry you're in or whether you need to recreate your career? Um, so yeah, we've got to be innovative and we have to have a vision and we have to be willing to disrupt. I can't remember what the C in the other word, but that was the vid part of COVID. This means human beings themselves means we, the, the dinosaurs became extinct. We survived a, a disruptive event happened. So this time around a disruptive event has happened. Mankind will still figure out a way to survive and thrive despite, despite all this. Uh, means in the real estate field also, there would be there would be dinosaurs who would who would perish and then the smarter mammals or humans would would figure out a way to as you said in the beginning the silver the silver lining in in all this they, they'll figure it out right well so for everybody listening thank you so much um we do have to look for the silver lining and um reach out to me or to deepak if you want to um ask any questions i will put his information for his podcast and his twitter handle um uh back in the uh, comments uh, shortly so that you can find that there really appreciate everybody being on the call today and um deepak any closing words no, this was this was great fun. Means uh, it it was it's it, as I said earlier. Means it's not a sector which I play in on, 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 every day. Um, that conversation with Ryan Harper started me thinking about it, and then followed up with the conversation with you. Uh, means thanks for inviting me to your community, getting me in, included in this, uh, and the conversations with you, even lead the ones leading up to this, have been very informational as well as means. Uh, I'm, I'm sure means there are uh, means the the kind of passion and enthusiasm, Lindy, which you have for this space. I means uh, that shows when you are doing these shows, and so I guess there are many others who 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 are gaining and benefiting from this. May their tribe increase, and uh, uh, let's let's bring about meaningful change in this uh, in this sector. I mean, as you I said, there there is no. There is no for and against kind of thing. Means we are all in this. Even your entire real estate community has to be all in it together to figure out what what to do, do best and serve the best interest rather than just for this community, but the con keeping the consumers at the center because ultimately means that the consumer or customer is what what drive. I, there's a Gandhi saying, you no, know, the cliche one: the customer is the reason of your existence and all that. So without the but customer, nothing exists. No, nothing exists. And I think what yeah. you said was meaningful.
meaningful change. We need to have meaningful change, meaningful mm. disruption. And we are all in it together. Um, and, and we've got to, you know, I think at the end of the day, most people, the majority of people are, you know, they want to do, they want to do what's right. I think even in my industry, even though um, I think a lot of us can be frustrated with it at times, most people are in this business because they care about people. Um, mm -hmm. They really want them to. Um, they really want to help them in that transition. So, means and there are parallels. Means Netflix came about coming about has not killed the movie. The earlier people thought movie theaters would go out of business. Movie theaters have right. become even better and and reclining seats and and food in the theaters and God knows means all so much creative changes. Um, Ubers and taxis are coexisting in New York City, LA, every, everywhere else. Means uh, this. This preconceived notion that a change coming in will will make everybody else go away. I mean, that's that's not happened. I mean, the Netflix and the movie theater is is a, is, is is the best example. Good example, right? No, it's a good example. So, um, well, awesome. Well, it's great to talk to you. Yeah. I appreciate your perspective on technology and innovation because I think it's what we've got to you know keep our our, our heads focused on right now and uh, in order to kind of see what's next and what's ahead. And we've got to stay positive and and be there to help other people. So. Deepak, thank you so much. I appreciate it. So thank and thanks you. everybody for joining thanks. in today. Yeah, All stay right. safe. Take care. Bye-bye. Take care.